Does the Second Amendment preserve the rights of those who either currently or in their past have unlawfully used controlled substances? From Hunter Biden's recent slap on the wrist from the DOJ to the restrictions that still exist for America, medical marijuana cardholders, it's really important for Americans to be aware of their rights. There's so many questions. Can you exercise your God-given right to keep and bear arms when you aren't under the influence, but may have access to controlled substances? And what about individuals who may have had a drug problem, but now those problems are a thing of the past? We're gonna make an effort to bring everyone up to date on this issue. And our 2A for Today Modern Militia Woman Spotlight, there was no pregnant pause when this courageous mother-to-be whipped out her firearm to defend her family in a parking garage in Little Rock, Arkansas. Two robbers showed up and began beating her husband, but she immediately knew what to do and executed her God-given right with no hesitation. As a result, she managed to save not only her own life and the life of her unborn child, but also her husband and two daughters. Welcome to 2A for Today, a program where we explore all things that protect, threaten, and violate the Second Amendment protected and God-given rights of all Americans. My name is Zoe Warren. In October 2018, Hunter Biden purchased a firearm, even though he was an unlawful user of crack cocaine, a substance with which he has a history of addictive behavior. The Federal Gun Control Act of 1968 made it illegal for several categories of Americans to ship, transport, receive, or possess firearms or ammunition. According to the ATF website, one of those categories of people this law applies to is Hunter Biden. Crack is whack. Is someone who's an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance. Of course, Hunter Biden accepted a plea agreement from the Department of Justice, which allows him to avoid prosecution regarding this offense. The National Shooting Sports Foundation recently published a press release publicly criticizing this decision, especially since the agreement comes at a time that the Biden administration is punishing firearm retailers by revoking licenses and terminating livelihoods for minor, minor clerical errors with its zero tolerance policy. The NSSF press release stated that this decision by the DOJ only amplifies concerns that many Americans have that the, the Biden administration has a two-tier system of justice, one for Biden's family and administration and another for those that oppose Biden's draconian policies. Under this administration's zero tolerance policy, licensed firearm retailers have had their lives destroyed for paperwork mistakes far less egregious than buying a gun when you are a crack addict, <laughs> said Lawrence Keene. NSSF Senior Vice President and General Counsel. We're just glad Hunter's gun ended up in a garbage can and not with whoever was using cocaine in the White House library. Now this is, this is cocaine crack. I'll tell you something, this crack was bought right here in the White House. Three feet from this desk. Drug problem worse than we ever thought. Marijuana being grown in the Rose Garden. <laughs> Millie, the bush dog, bringing in crack pipe from the South Lawn. It's bad, bad. The Second Amendment Advocacy Group, Gun Owners of America, also just fought a lawsuit this past week against the ATF's punishment of gun retailers stemming from their ghost gun rules, which is a part of a series of concerning ATF regulations that we've covered earlier in detail this year. But back to the controlled substance issue, the shooting wire recently reported on July 10th 
that the Second Amendment Foundation just filed an amicus brief in a Fifth Circuit court case known as United States v. Daniels. This case could potentially lift restrictions on firearm purchases and possession for Americans who use or have used controlled substances. The argument here is that these restrictions could be in violation of these Americans' Second Amendment protected rights. A three-judge panel from the Fifth Circuit asked for briefs containing information on the history and tradition of restrictions on the use and possession of firearms that apply to intoxicated individuals. SAF Executive Director and Attorney Adam Kraut stated that the organization is not advocating for or against specific laws, but the 31-page brief noted that Having set the stage for the proper analytical framework, attention must be turned to this nation's non-existent history and tradition of disarming people who, at some undefined point, may have been intoxicated. It should be interesting to see how this case develops. Finally, another hot-button issue involving the Second Amendment and controlled substances is the fact that as more states legalize recreational and mar medical marijuana use, as it stands today, federal law still prohibits anyone that uses marijuana from practicing their God-given right to keep and bear arms. There's been some noise recently among the cannabis community regarding the ATF's clarification related to the new Minnesota marijuana law. The ATF put out a news release on May 30th stating the following. Regardless of the recent changes in Minnesota law related to the legalization of marijuana, an individual who is a current user of marijuana is still federally defined as an unlawful user of a controlled substance, and therefore is prohibited from shipping, transporting, receiving, or possessing firearms or ammunition. So this means that even if your state has legalized medical or recreational marijuana use, if you possess or use marijuana or have a medical marijuana card, you're prohibited from purchasing and possessing firearms or ammunition. The news release also stated that people who are looking to purchase firearms must attest whether or not they are an unlawful user of marijuana on an ATF Form 4473 during a firearm transaction. And if you fail to disclose this fact, you could be charged in federal court for lying on the form, and your firearms and ammunition could be confiscated. Personally, regardless of my personal views on the issue at hand, I, Zowarn, don't smoke marijuana. But I think this entire issue could be avoided if we just stop the federal government reach around that essentially allows unelected bureaucrats to interpret laws and write outward facing regulations and policies in ways that violate the Bill of Rights or in areas that they have not been enumerated power to act that nullify state law. Of course, this issue also opens up another interesting discussion because pro-cannabis publications like the High Times find this legal conundrum to be hypocritical. They've found this to be hypocritical for a long time. Law-abiding Americans can purchase alcohol and have it in their home without losing their rights. The High Times article also pointed out that in this age of social media, many cannabis users are advertising their lifestyle online alongside their firearms and therefore snitching on themselves. It's got a chilling effect that's surely reducing the security of their communities when they find out that their state-sanctioned right to partake in cannabis means that they are giving up their God-given right to keep and bear arms. I'm sure that this is slowing the toke, for some marijuana enthusiasts. What's this? A joint? So what's the big attraction? Imprisonment, forced labor, permanent separation from my family, perhaps death. I knew what could happen to people who were caught trying to defect, but the watchtowers stood yards away. The possibility of a new life in a different world, one without tyranny, was within sight. The West. I thought of the rewards no longer crushed under the boot of communism. I would work and make money, 
no longer restrained by the chains of collectivism. I would say what I wanted, without fear of spies and informants nearby. I would be free. The frozen rain and Romanian mud seeped through my gloves and cloths. I fantasized about the fire burning in the wood stove of my parents' home. But I pushed those thoughts from my mind, closed my eyes, and waited for the cover of the darkness. Get Defector, a true story of tyranny, liberty, and purpose by Mark Hobavkovich with Paul Dragu, a thrilling page-turner that will remind you how precious yet vulnerable freedom is. Available at shopjbs.org or Amazon. For a limited time, get 20% off your entire order using promo code DEFECTOR20 when you purchase DEFECTOR at shopjbs.org. And now, our 2A for today modern militia mom-to-be. <laughs> this is our first one of this kind. Several weeks ago, our heroine, uh, not the controlled substance, but a female hero, <laughs> her husband and their two little girls were enjoying a fun and action-packed holiday weekend in Little Rock, Arkansas to celebrate their daughter's seventh birthday. Lucky for them, they were prepared for anyone that tried to put a damper on their festivities. When the family showed up to the parking garage to pack their car, two men appeared, and one of the men attacked the husband, striking him several times and throwing him to the ground. Then, the attacker went to the other side of the car and hit the pregnant wife. But Mama Bear don't play that. She neutralized him effortlessly with her concealed but easily accessible firearm, shooting him in the neck. Play cat <laughs> You know that reference, laugh with me, right? The husband and wife ended up with minor injuries, and it goes without saying that the husband's eternally grateful that his wife was prepared and responsibly practicing her God-given right to keep him their arms. What's more, the family stated that they refused to live in fear of traveling and enjoying their future family adventures because they're prepared to defend themselves. The attacker went to the hospital for his injuries, and an investigation is being conducted. The attackers could have robbed this family, kidnapped their young children, or killed one or all of them. But because they freely and safely exercised their God-given right, they all went home together and in one piece, along with their car and all their belongings. That concludes our program for today. But again, in the coming weeks and months, 2A for Today, we'll be talking to experts, scholars, trainers, and all forms of gun right activists and Second Amendment proponents to answer the many questions that we all have and unpack the various laws and trespasses of our rights that have already been enacted and those that are on the horizon. Again, if your Second Amendment is important to you, make sure to subscribe to the New American Magazine and get on the top daily headlines mailing list so you get an email alert anytime we upload a video or stream a live event. And share these videos with your family and friends who feel the same, or those that are right in the fence between liberty and tyranny who need a little more convincing. You've been watching 2 for today. My name is Zoe. Post your comments or questions and we'll try to address as many as we can, as fast as we can, in the coming weeks and months. Thank you for watching 2 for today.